Praise the Lord, everyone. Give the Lord a good hand clap of praise. You can be seated tonight. As Brother Austin mentioned about the Bethlehem Church app, if you have the app and you go, you scroll down to where it says First Steps, you can open up two different files. The first file will be a uh, information card that we need you to fill out. We hope that you'll do that. Matter of fact, I'm opening the app right now. And then the second one is where you see it says step one, who we are. Those are the notes that we're gonna be using tonight. So that's step one, who we are. If you need to know how to download the Bethlehem Church app, after church, find a teenager. Because that's what I had to do. So um, I think... You can, uh, you can do that. But the call of the Great Commission is to make disciples. That's the call of the Great Commission. Go make disciples. Less than 10% of American churches have a defined discipleship pathway. That if a new person comes and becomes a part of that church, that they know how to, uh, to help that person grow and become a Christian, less than 10%. That means that by and large, discipleship happens by accident if it happens at all. So be disciples and make disciples is the mission of the church. That's the calling of God. We are to be disciples, we are to make disciples. And so first steps, what we're starting on tonight, we're gonna be doing throughout the month of January. First steps is exactly what, what it's titled. It's our first step towards discipleship. Our goal, we've, we've done it now for a couple of years, and uh, our new people that have come through First Steps have been blessed by it. Um, I've watched them as we go through some of the lessons, and they begin, you can see the light come on. You can see them say, so that's what I'm supposed to be doing. I had somebody... Actually, while I was teaching one of the lessons, they said, that's why I am like I am. And, uh, and so it, uh, it is a beneficial thing. It help, helps us to learn how to become disciples. Our goal is for every new, every new member of Bethlehem Church to go through first steps. We also, as the reason we're doing it tonight, we've said over and over that we would love to have all of our church folks go through first steps. And hopefully over the next uh, four Wednesdays, next few week, Wednesday nights, uh, you'll understand why it's so valuable in helping us determine what we are supposed to be. According to the context of Scripture, a disciple is more than a convert. A disciple is more than a convert. The Bible didn't say go make converts. It said go make disciples. Now, you can't be a disciple unless you're converted, but you're not a disciple just because you're converted. If that was the case, then there would be no New Testament. You wouldn't have to teach anybody. you just baptize them, get them full of the Holy Ghost and go on. There wouldn't be any epistles to the churches. And so it's a, a, a disciple is more than a convert. A disciple is someone who is involved in the mission of the church. To be a disciple, to make disciples. True spiritual joy. And I'm hitting... A few points. A couple of things I'm doing is I'm giving you a chance to download that app and get it, get get your uh, get your uh, lesson open. But true spiritual joy comes 
when we become outward focused, not inward focused. When we begin, begin to be involved in fulfilling what God's called us to do. And so we want you, we're, we're going to do first steps and hopefully that by the time we go through this journey together that you will uh, certainly be uh, further along in your discipleship pathway. As you know, as you know, we have a lot of sickness going and so we have, we, we, we put a message out on our, on our social media platforms that, uh, that a lot of folks could, that if you are not feeling well, that you could stay home or if you were, were concerned about the sickness, you could stay home and I'm thankful that you're joining us tonight online as well. Just before we get into the lessons, one other thing that, uh, that, that we've noticed in, in our, some of our meetings, and some of our staff meetings, and some of our discussions, um, that we, we generally, we, we know, those of us that have been in the church for a long time, we're comfortable with how we operate. We know how we operate. We've, if we hadn't been, if we weren't told when we first got here, then we certainly picked it up by watching. But when a new person comes in, they don't understand how we operate. They don't understand a lot of the things that we take for granted. And uh, I'll give you a case in point. One of our new members uh, has been coming up, uh, over a year now. Um, when uh, Sister Joanna has been handing out our, our end of the year giving reports. And, uh, and he was curious what she was doing. And uh, by the way, if you have not received yours, you can get with her. She'll give you your report so you can have that. And uh, she was asking, or he was asking what that was, and she told him well, it's the, the giving report for the year. And uh, he said, well, I, I didn't know. They, they, I think Brother Bobby and Sister Joanna began to explain that uh, the, the envelope system that we have, the blue, op, the blue envelopes are offering. That includes things like Christian school offering, general offering, uh, new beginnings, home missions, foreign missions, building fund, et cetera. And those are the blue offerings. You put your name on it. It gets recorded. And, uh, and you can use that when it comes to, on your tax time for charitable giving. And then the one, it's, it, it looks to me like it's brown, but it's supposed to be red. It probably is red, but I got 50-year-old eyes. And, uh, but that's the tithe. The tithe is what we, we uh, give. That's 10% of our income. And so a little thing like that, that, we, that, that those of us that have been around for a while, we... We, we just know that, and we don't ever take the time to think that our new people uh, don't know that. So now you do, and, uh, and you have that. My wife and I uh, would like to thank you for being a part of Bethlehem Church. A little bit of the history of our church is that in 1945, in 1945, a girl from this community attended a revival in the Pumpkin Center area of uh, New Albany. I think that's over... Uh, around where Taylor's restaurant was, what is it? It's uh, Butler's restaurant now. Um, there was a revival in that area, and uh, this young lady was baptized, filled with the Holy Ghost, got stirred up, and uh, she came home. She came back out here to Bethlehem and uh, started a prayer meeting. Now, you know, for us to go to New Albany, that's not a big deal anymore. We've got paved roads. They're not straight, but they are paved. That's a, that's a positive. In those days, gravel roads. It, it wasn't just as easy as it is now uh, to go. But this young lady, she, uh, she got the Holy Ghost, got baptized, got stirred up, and started having prayer meetings in her home. 
And uh, other people, other young ladies, other people in the community began to get stirred up and began to want uh, to have a revival. And so they called the preacher from the revival in the Pumpkin Center area. His name was Alvy Bishop. Brother Alvy Bishop, they called him for a revival. And if you were to go down Overton School Road, uh, if you go left out of our parking lot and go on down around the curve, there used to be an old one-room schoolhouse out there. It was Overton School. And in that one-room schoolhouse, they began to have a revival, and, uh, and people began to get the Holy Ghost. People began to get baptized, and they realized that there needed to be a church. And so they began to have a church. Brother Alvy Bishop uh, pastored that church for about a year. Now, a lot, of our, a lot of our folks have heard this before, but there's, how many of you have never heard this before? There's, there's hands all over the place. So um, that's why we talk about our history. Brother Alvy Bishop pastored the church for about a year, and uh, one of the men in the church, Brother Jim Pipkin, took the church, and he pastored it for about a year, and then he went to Blue Mountain and started the church in Blue Mountain. He called his friend, a preacher from Atlanta, Georgia, to come and take the very small congregation. The man's name was Brother J. Frank Wilson, and he moved his family from Atlanta, Georgia, out here in the uh, 1947-48 range. And uh, Brother Wilson pastored for many years, and then after him, Bishop Steve Wilson became the pastor in the 1980s led the church forward. I came in 2004 to work with Brother Wilson and have been here ever since. Back, I don't know, it's probably been 14, 15 years ago or so, somebody asked me, they, they asked me a question. They said, what kind of a church are you trying to build? What kind of a church are you trying to build? And I thought about it. And uh, my answer was, I want the kind of church that my children can go to heaven from. I want the kind of church that my children can go to heaven from. Amen. I want us all to go to heaven. I want us all to go to heaven. Our mission at Bethlehem Church is to be disciples and make disciples. That is the entire New Testament wrapped up in two phrases. To be a disciple is to be a disciple, a follower of Jesus Christ, to obey the gospel and to live for him. So we want to be disciples of Jesus Christ, a disciple. We follow him. We're called to be disciples and to live our lives for him. The Bible also tells us to make disciples, not only to be disciples, but to make disciples. And that means we all have a part to play in the kingdom of God. He created each one of us with unique talents and abilities for a specific purpose. Everyone in this room has a purpose in their life. You're here because God chose you to be here. Amen. I touched on it Sunday morning in the message that I was preaching. I really believe it, that you were made for a purpose. God didn't come up with a purpose for you. He had a purpose, so he made you for the purpose. And so John 15 and 16 says, You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you, that you should go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. He said, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. God chose you to be part of the church. Amen. God handpicked you, seven billion people in the world, and God chose you. The New Living Translation, the same verse, it says, you didn't choose me, I 
chose you. I chose you. At Bethlehem Church, we believe that everybody has value. Everybody's important. We have a biblical conviction that you are chosen by God. Because you are chosen, that means you're important. Furthermore, because you're chosen by God and God sent you here, you're important to God's plan for this church. We'll never be what we're supposed to be without you doing what you're supposed to do. Amen. You have a part to play in the ministry of the church. You have a part to play in making disciples. There is a place for everyone to serve at Bethlehem Church that will help us become disciples for Jesus Christ. We have four simple goals, four simple goals that we hope to get to and reach here at Bethlehem Church. Number one, we want to love God. Number one, we want to love God. If you're following along on the app, we've, we've filled in a few blanks. You can just t touch the line, and, uh, and it'll give you the opportunity to type in the, the, uh, the word for the line. Number one, we want to love God. Everybody say, I want to love God. Number two, we want to grow in faith. Can you say that with me? I want to grow in faith. Number three, we want to serve others. Can you? Let's, let's, let's say that one. Let, we, we usually do pretty good on these on the first two, and then when we get to serving others, it sort of wanes, tails off a little bit. So let's say it. We want to serve others. And number four, we want to go change our world. Let's say that. Go change our world. We want to love God. We love God, one of the ways we love God is by attending church. Our love for God is not confined to one day or two days of the week, but we do express publicly when we come to church as a family of believers, we express our love for God. We set aside Sunday as a day that we emphasize our love for God through worship and through serving and community here at the church. When we come to church, we worship God. We praise God in the sanctuary. That's what the Bible said in Psalms 150 and 1. We want to connect with the body of Christ. The Bible teaches us that we make each other stronger and better equipped for life when we're together. Proverbs 27, 17. Number three, we want to hear the word of God preached to us. The, to us. the Bible says faith comes by hearing. And so when we hear the word of God, it ignites faith in our life, and faith can move mountains. And so we need to hear the word of God, Romans 10, 17. And then number four, we want to pray together. It's important that we pray in private. It's important that we have our own personal, private prayer times. But there is something powerful that happens when people pray together. In Acts chapter number four, a group of people prayed together, and the Bible said that the entire place was shaken when they prayed. And so when we come to church, we worship God, we connect with each other, we hear the word of God, and we pray one for another. And that's part of the way that we show our love for God. Number two, we want to grow in our faith. We, we want to grow by learning more about him. If you've not gone through grow classes, after we do first steps, we're getting ready to start our grow classes back up. We have our general uh, new member course, which is Grow One. Uh, Brother David and Sister Dana Hughes are going to be working on that. Uh, well, Brother David is. He may not have informed Sister Dana yet, but she's watching now, so welcome to the team. 
but uh, Brother David's going to work in our Grow Class 1. Brother David has been in church his whole life. He is what the Bible would call a nail in a sure place. And uh, after Grow 1, we have Grow Class 2. Grow 2 deals with issues that, that come to life. You know, when somebody comes and they get the Holy Ghost and they get baptized and they love God and they want to serve God, but, but that doesn't mean they automatically know how to overcome unforgiveness and bitterness and, and that they, they ought, they, they, and then what happens, what we've learned over time is that somewhere in the eight to 12 week mark of a new member, they really, really go through a trial. The reason they go through that trial is because the Holy Ghost is working on them. Conviction is dealing with their heart about how they're not supposed to hate their abusive dad or, or, or carry bitterness against this person or that person. The, the problem is they don't know how to deal with it. And so Grow Class 2 helps deal with the issues of life. It helps us deal with, first of all, it begins by telling us that God wants to do something new in our life. And, that, and then it helps lead us through uh, growth and healing and how to deal with, with issues of life. And when we start back with Grow Class 2, uh, Brother Jonathan and Sister Moretta Dunwoody are going to be working in Grow Class 2. After Grow Class 2, we're starting a brand new, uh, a brand new class. We're calling it Grow 3. And Grow 3 is about how to hear the voice of God, how to walk in the Spirit, how to, how to understand the things of God, how, how, how to un hear the voice of God when we pray. Brother Danny Barber is going to be working in Grow 3. And... Uh, what we've learned is that people in these, in these classes, people in these small groups, they're growing. That's something about that environment where they connect with people. They can ask questions and, they, and there's feedback. They're growing. And so one of the most important things you can do to grow in faith is if you've not gone through grow class to get involved in grow classes. They meet right here on Wednesday nights, 7.15 You'll begin with basic biblical truths that will help you in your walk with God and continue to help you grow to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. One of the things that uh, we have also is uh, that, that, that we're, we're excited about. We have some young men that do a youth grow class with our new members in our youth group, and we're excited about that. Number two, if you want to grow, join a life group. Join a life group. Amen. Join a life group. There are two things that we need as believers. First, we need to sense that we're part of something beyond just ourselves. Secondly, we need to have a sense that we're impacting others in relationship. In Acts chapter number two, the original church was born, and throughout the book of Acts, we see the power of meeting in small groups. In Acts chapter number two, they have all these converts, hundreds and hundreds, into the thousands of brand new converts baptized. And, and, and what do we do? How do we handle? How do we grow? How can we take these people that they don't have any background in? They, they didn't walk with Jesus for three years like the disciples did. They didn't hear him preach and they didn't watch him work miracles how are we going to take these people that come from all kinds of backgrounds and teach them how to be disciples of Jesus Christ here was the answer the Bible gave Acts 2 46 and 47 they worshiped together in the temple they continued steadfastly in the apostles doctrine they worshiped together in the temple met in homes 
for the Lord's Supper, shared their meals with great joy, generosity, while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. They were daily in the temple and from house to house. That's what your King James Version says. And they did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. That they, they had this fellowship, a house to house fellowship. Now there's some churches in the modern time, they are, they are abandoning the church service for house to house. They're not biblically right. I'll also say that a church that only has the three services a week is not biblically right either. Amen. The Bible said that they were in the temple and house to house. Acts 5.42, and every day in the temple and from house to house, they continue to teach and to preach the message of Jesus, the Messiah. Acts 20 and 20, and how I kept nothing back that was profitable to you, but have showed you and have taught you publicly and from house to house. Something powerful happens when a small group of people connect together to study the Bible, to learn, to fellowship, to open up, to share, to have, to invite other Christians into their life. Life groups provide opportunities for Bible study. It provides a short but relevant devotional study. It provides fellowship. We need people in our life. Amen. We need people in our life. They, they gather together for a time of prayer. They support each other. It's a place where you can bring somebody that may not want to come to church yet, but you get them to make enough friends and connections and relationships, they'll come. And then we call it fellowship. The people modern day just call it hanging out. They eat, they spend time together. Here's what, here's what Jesus said. I give you a new commandment, John 13. Love one another as I've loved you. As I loved you, you should love one another. Your love for one another proves that you're my disciples. And so we need each other. We need connection to each other. Number three, we want to serve others. We want to serve others. Did you know that the phrase one another is found 59 times in the New Testament? Jesus wants us to know that we have responsibility one to another, that we should care one for another, that we should serve one another. How do I do this? How can I serve one another? How can I serve others? How can I serve in my church? First Steps answers these questions. It's the journey where you discover the unique gifts and talents that you have, that God gave you, and how you use those gifts to serve the kingdom of God and to serve others. As we go forward these next few Wednesday nights, we're going to do things that will help you to find how God uses your personality just the exact way he made you and the talents that he put inside of you so you can do something powerful for him. Everybody has a purpose. Everybody has a purpose. Amen. Number four, go change the world. Want to go change the world. The way we do that here is by joining the dream team. Sister Dana Hughes, she is over, she helps us with what we call the dream team. The dream team 
is everybody that does anything in the ministry of the church, whatever it may be. It may be, to some people, it may seem like a big thing. To some people, it may seem like a small thing, but everything is important. I, I, tell, I tell this in First Steps all the time, but we have a young man that, uh, that is part of our church that uh, the likelihood is that he'll never, he'll never teach a Bible study, never preach a sermon, probably never do a home Bible study. But, but one thing he loves to do, he loves to pick up my trash from my office and carry it to the dumpster for me. He's been sick and had been able to, and I got a bag right now I need to take. But you know what? He loves to do it. He gets a little aggravated with me if I don't let him. And so I've learned to let him. Everybody's got a job to do. Everybody's got a task. Somebody in this church that, that throughout the whole year, they, and they take it on themselves to do it. They'll come to me and say, hey, I've noticed that, that the weeds are growing, I'm gonna spray them, and that's what they do. You say, well, that's not a very big job. Well, it is a big job if people drive by and it looks like we got a jungle out here. It's important. Every job is important. Every task is important. And so we want to go, and that's by joining the dream team. Every person who serves in any way is part of the dream team because it takes everyone to make the dream come true. Pastor Ken Gurley of the First Church in Houston, Texas, he says, if you, learn, if you lean your ladder up against the wrong building, you can climb all you want but never arrive at the place you want to be. You have to lean your ladder in the right place to get where you're supposed to be. And so part of that, part of First Steps is to help identify where you want to serve. Has anybody ever had a job that you didn't like? That, that, and when that alarm goes off in the morning, the last thing you want to hear is that alarm going off in the morning because you have to go and do that thing that you don't enjoy with people you don't want to be around. Watch it, Daniel. That alarm goes off, but how many have ever found a job that you really like? About three of you. You noticed I raised my hand, okay? When you find a job that, that you feel like, you're, like you can do it and that's what you're supposed to do, you enjoy going and getting, getting going. You, it's not a drudgery to you. One of the reasons that people who serve in the church get burned out is because they're serving in the wrong place. They're serving because there's a need and nobody else will do it so they feel like they have to or they're doing it because they... They feel compelled to, but it's not really their gift. But you find somebody that it's their gift, man, they look forward to it. They're excited about it. They can't wait to do it because they've leaned their ladder in the right place and they've found. And so part of the idea of First Steps is we want everyone to serve in a place that they're gifted for, to serve where God's gifted them and so you find joy in it. I, I, I do this, and I, man, I, I should have, I sh I've always, I do this every time. Somebody actually made me a cardboard one, and I do this thing where I draw these circles. And this is as generic as it can be because I left my card out there. But you see these two circles? 
If you can't see these circles, then I'll show you afterwards. This one is, has a T, and that stands for talent. It's what you're good at. This one here is what you enjoy, what you like to do. You ever, you ever met somebody that they loved to sing, but they didn't have a talent for it? <laughs> have you? I, I, I've seen a couple of people pointing. There's something about it that when you, that, that when you get around somebody that they, that, that they can't, they, they have a talent, they, they have a desire for something, and they enjoy something, but they're not good at it. Then have you ever found somebody that was good at something, but they just didn't like it? Have you ever known anybody like that? Uh, there's, there's a professional athlete that, that hates the sport that he plays, but he's good at it and makes millions of dollars, and so he's grumpy, he's the worst interview, he's grouchy with the people, he's grouchy with the fans, he's grouchy because he's doing something that he's good at, but he doesn't enjoy it. This circle, this place right here, which you're not really gonna get to be able to see good, but this part right here where the circles come together, where your talent and what you enjoy come together, that's your calling. That's where your gifting is. And so part of what we wanna do in First Steps is help you identify not just what needs to be done and not necessarily just what you think you like to do, but to help you find what you're created to do. And when you find what you're created to do, that's when you find joy. And so here's Philippians two and four, look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. This needs to be in the DNA of this church and of every member of this church. Part of our church culture is we are about serving others. We wanna love God. Everybody say, I wanna love God. I wanna grow in faith. I wanna serve others. And I wanna go make a difference in this world. And so First Steps is about helping us to do that. Finally, finally I'd like to apologize to you on behalf of churches everywhere. It's not necessarily my place to, but I'm going to. Because I know that very often churches, and we don't mean to, we don't mean to, but very often churches give off the feeling that they think they're better than other people. We don't mean to, but I know a lot of people visit, who visit churches and thinks that, that they get this feeling that the church thinks we're awesome. And if you be more like us, you can be awesome too. And, and we, don't, we don't really think that way. What we're really trying to say is that God has done awesome stuff in our lives. And he wants to do awesome things in your life too. But let's face it, when somebody's under conviction and away from God, they don't perceive that. And so the way it often comes across is, you're terrible, we're awesome, be more like us, you can be awesome too. And I'm sorry that churches all over the world have made people feel that way. One day Jesus went up to a well. He sent his disciples away into town to get some lunch and he sat on top of the well. 
And while he was sitting on the well, there came a woman of Samaria. This lady had lived a rough life. Her life was a mess. Her reputation was ruined. To make matters worse, she recognized that Jesus was a Jew and she knew that Jews hated Samaritans. So she braced herself for the common insults and poor treatment that she often got when encountering Jewish men. She needed water, so she walked up to the well, and Jesus didn't insult her or belittle her. Here's what he said, John 4 and 7. The Bible says, There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. He was at the well for water. She was the answer to his need. Was she perfect? No. Was her life perfect? No. But was she the answer to what Jesus needed? Yes. Can I tell you that everyone that comes to Bethlehem Church is the answer to what we need. You may not be perfect, your life may, may be a mess, you may have all kinds of stuff in your life that needs straightened up, but that doesn't take away the fact that you are the answer to the prayers that this church has been praying. The fact that you're here is a sign to me that you are the answer to our prayers. And for us to be the church we're supposed to be, we need you. We need you. You are the answer to what we need. You are the solution. You have a purpose and God sent you here. It's my job as the pastor. It's our job as the church to help that happen. We are absolutely thrilled for everyone that comes to Bethlehem Church. Amen. If you came, you're a gift from God and we're thankful that you came. We want you to be here. This church was made for people like you. So we wanna love God, we wanna grow in faith, we wanna serve others and we wanna go change our world. Can you say that with me? Love, grow, serve, and go. Let's say it like that, love, grow, serve, and go. That's what First Steps is all about. Now next week, next week, the next two weeks actually are gonna be the part that uh, most people say that they enjoy the most about First Steps. Now, this is where if I wasn't prayed up, I could get a little angry because those are the two lessons I don't teach anymore. I used to. But, uh, but next week, we're going to have a, you're gonna learn some stuff about you, the way, part of the way that God designed you specifically for his purpose. Some of you have, have thought things about yourself that you, like, that you thought, man, I wish I wasn't this way, I wish I wasn't like this you're gonna find the benefit of being just like you are. And it's gonna be a fun journey, and we're gonna, over the next couple of weeks, you're gonna find out how God created you with certain talents and abilities and desires that he wants to use for the kingdom of God. First Steps is gonna be awesome, then I'm gonna come back, and I'm going to, uh, to talk to you about how we can get involved and how we take all this journey of First Steps and how we put it in action in our lives. Amen, let's pray. God, I thank you for the privilege and the honor of serving you and working for you in your kingdom. God, I thank you, Lord Jesus, 
because you've given us the privilege of doing something for you. Now, God, everyone that's here and everyone that's joining us online, God, they are precious gifts that you've given us. And God, they are valuable, they have a purpose, they're important. And God, I pray that you help me as a pastor to be able to mine the gold that you put inside of them for your kingdom's sake, that the church can help everyone to become what we've been called to be. God, these are our first steps towards discipleship. Help us not only to take our first steps, but our next steps to become everything that you want us to be in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. God bless you. You can be dismissed in Jesus' name.